The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. As always, I am your host, JJ, the most viral man on the internet this weekend, joined as always by my co-host, Keith McPherson. Keith, it is 9.05 on Tuesday night to give everyone some reference as to when we're recording this. Uh, we're too old for West Coast games, but how are you doing today? I'm good. It's uh, it's funny we're recording late and we have a late game, and you know it's six. It helps us not six o'clock uh, <laughs> in Anaheim. So, um, like I said uh, earlier in the week, I was like, it's fine if we're recording late because we might get some news, and we did. Uh, your boy Clint Frazier not in the lineup. That just yeah, broke that's maybe just a re- like two hours ago. Yeah, but he was going to get a day off anyway, eventually. They're playing 13 days in a row. Like He was due for a day off. Um, yeah, he definitely needed a day off because he's been carrying us. But the, the injury bug, as soon as you see that he's not in the lineup and then last night he like tweaked his ankle or whatever, uh, as soon as you see he's not in the lineup, you're like, no, not another guy to the I.L. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we can have it. And, and we'll dive into the injuries a little bit. But we sat down one week ago waiting for the Yankees to kick off a two-game series against the Boston Red Sox. And we started off, and, you know, it's four-something in the afternoon. We're very negative. Uh, you know, Larry Rothschild had to be fired. Peds had to roll. We found some positivity throughout the show. And then the Yankees went out that night against Chris Sale, rattled off an 8 nothing win. Now, before we ended the show, I had said, you had said, what if we win two in Boston? What if we get this mini sweep and then we roll and get four in Can- against Kansas City, win six at home, and then see what happens on the road? We didn't quite do that. But your 2019 World Series champion, New York Yankees, took two from Boston, took three out of four from Kansas City, and won a wild one last night uh, against the, the Angels Angels of Anaheim. And you know what? We're playing the B team. We're kind of playing the C team. And you know what? We're pulling off some wins. So a week later, 
How you feeling, Keith? The difference a week makes. Yeah, I, I do remember us looking at the you know upcoming games and the series against Boston, the two games, and then the four games against the Royals, and saying you know we we got to take two from the Red Sox. I think we both were sure that we were you know saying we, we got to take two, and we got those two. I didn't expect us to take all four and sweep the Royals. Um, we got three, and that first game was a huge letdown, but. It ended up being a reality check, like a come-back-to-earth thing. Um, Club 161 was popping off after we beat the Red Sox two games in a row, and then we uh, shit the bed against the Royals to open that series and then regrouped and took the next three. So the difference a week makes, we're figuring it out. We're doing more with less. Um, I'm proud of these young guys that have stepped up. You know, the Yankees are so famous that they don't need names on the back of their jerseys, but... I think these guys need names on the back of their jerseys. I'm watching a game with my girlfriend. She's like, who's that? Who is that? I'm like, Gio Urshela, Mike Ford, Mike Talkman. Uh, just run, running through a, a list of guys that nobody expected to see on this team um, winning games for us in late April. What, what, did, you, what did you think about the performance of um, our, our new Yankees, the new Baby Bombers? So I mean, you you win eight nothing against the Red Sox, and that's a great game to you know to it, it's what we needed that shot in the arm one because we're beating Chris Sale uh, one because we're beating the Red Sox two because we're beating Chris Sale and three because we're doing it in a dominant fashion, and the worry from there is that you end up getting kind of too cocky, too confident, too early off that, and the Yankees come out take a lead the next game on on Wednesday, and then lose that lead. Um, I was actually at the BP crew Philly, their first event shout to those people had a, a like 15 people out there for a first event. Not bad. Their next event will be May 11th at Fieldhouse in Philly. If you live in the Philly nice. area, think about coming out. But um, there was just I felt it. I felt like, hey, we're going to be fine here. And so when Brett Gardner, who we were hard on. And we'll get to Mike Talkman, and I'll, I'll issue my apology <laughs> to him. But when Brett Gardner, who's been slumping, you know, really hasn't been great, you know, as a whole, um, you know, defensively, he's being forced to play center field. He's not really a center fielder anymore, struggling at times at the plate. Uh, really what you run into is the idea that um, – the idea that I'm sorry, I'm getting Facebook messages from goddamn Frank Marco, you sabermetrics nerd. <laughs> what up, Frank? Um, the problem here is with Gardner is I just knew it, I felt it. So if you were watching the Bronx Pinstripes Instagram that night, while the ball is still in the air, I had an Instagram story on it, and the Philly, the guys at Philly were like. That's crazy how you had your phone ready. I was like, I knew that this was happening. You just felt it. You felt something about it. You felt like maybe this is our DVD moment that we've been looking for. So to go out and win those two games was huge because not only did it show one dominance in the first game, but resiliency in the second. The problem is you follow that up by having a smoke machine and a strobe light for a Wednesday loss while you're still an under 500 team. I had issue with that. I think that's too much, too early. You haven't won any fruit. The idea that, hey, you've been there before, most of these guys haven't, but it's not even a three-game sweep. It's a, a mini sweep. You beat Nathan Avaldi, who's now going to go have surgery. There's not too much to celebrate, and that's how you end up coming out the next day and making Homer Bailey 
look like he's Justin Verlander. Exactly. Uh, and when I when I like, I mean, I heard the story, and I think Cece was on maybe ESPN and talked about it, and Michael K was on the radio, and people were saying it's not the Yankee way for them to be partying and turning the uh, clubhouse into a you know a nightclub. But I mean. On one side of it, it's cool because these are these are young guys, Clint Frazier, Glaber. Um, these are young guys. They they got to be loose. They got to party. But we're no, they don't. Not on a Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. Not on but a Wednesday. Not on There's a Wednesday, no profession. And we're in a situation where there ain't really anything to party about. Party when we win the World Series. Party at the parade. Like let's not turn up. Let's turn it down a little bit until we figure this thing out. Get some guys back. And I mean, what was our record at the time? Were we like? Uh we were. We were. That put us back to two games under. 500. We were under five hundred. What are you guys dancing around the clubhouse for? And that's exactly that's my issue. You're you're an under five hundred team, and I get it. You're young. You're excited, but you know you you haven't accomplished anything. You're a losing team who has very high expectations. And yes, everyone on this roster right now is not going to be on it at the end of the year. Some people have to go just because not enough room. You know, Stanton Stanton's out of options, mm-hmm. so we can't send him down. Um, <laughs> You know, so but then to come back, rebound, take three away from the Royals, including a Sunday game that was just you don't need extra innings. Yeah, it's the last thing you need on a Sunday getaway day on Easter before you head out to California. It was kind of a nightmare situation. Luckily, the game didn't go too long. We didn't have a 14 inning marathon happen, but I know at least for me kind of sneaky watching the game on my phone at Easter dinner at my in-laws. I was just like, no, this can't happen. Like, we can't go too long. Because one, uh, you've got that long flight. You've got guys who maybe want to spend. I don't, I don't know how the timing works. They probably don't really get to spend any time with their family after the game before going to the airport. Just, uh, you know, a couple minutes to say hi. But these guys have a lot of shit on their mind. And now, you know, we're looking at extra innings. Luckily, Austin Romine comes through in the 10th inning walks it off, and we're able to kind of piece together another win before heading out east. So we said we wanted six. We'll settle for five out of six before we head out on the road. Yeah, solid, man. I'll take it. I'll take I'll take it. Um, Sunday, I, I, I wasn't feeling that. It was like we tried to give it away. Paxton pitched amazing, and then the bullpen gave it up. I don't know what is up with Chad Green. I, I got to hit him on the gram and be like, bro, meet me at Chick-fil-A. I met him at Chick-fil-A last year, and uh, – like that was like my one of my greatest moments because nobody in Chick Fil A knew who Chad Green was except for me, and he was pumped to take a picture with me. But I need to hit him up and be like, "Bro, Chad Green could walk in my house right now and start sucking my dick. I wouldn't know who he is. He's a reliever. <laughs> like I'd have no he's idea. Such, he's a, just he's a, such a plain looking dude. <laughs> like he's without his Yankee hat on, yeah. he could walk through. He walked. He could walk down um, Avenue of the Americas. I, I literally saw him at the Chick Fil A on Avenue of the Americas, and nobody would bother him. No one would say a word to him. With honestly, with the Yankee hat on, I would just think he's like an undercover cop. Like that's all <laughs> it is. Me, I'm like, he's, yo, Chad. I'm like, you, you guys don't see Chad Green about the order right here? And he kind of like had a smirk, like, okay, someone recognized me. I was like, can I take a picture with you, dude? Big Yankee fan. He was super cool. He was, you know. Anyway, he he sucks. You got it. You don't get to be rude <laughs> anyway, when you're a fucking. Anyway, he's, he a sucks now. Reliever. So like, if I saw him now, I wouldn't be so friendly. Um, and and Adovino, you know, those guys together. We're literally trying to ruin Easter, and we figured it out, though. I feel like we needed that walk-off. That was our first walk-off of the year. We needed that walk-off moment. Um, Romine stepping up, 
did it for us and you know all is well and then you know we went to Anaheim and I was worried about the game last night 14 innings didn't end until 3 a.m eastern time something like that I was way asleep by then but we're we're I getting went to, it done. I went to sleep after three I, after the third inning like I was proud of myself I made it I that made it long. to the six I made it to the six and I was watching on my laptop in bed and just closed my laptop and went to sleep and then when I woke up I was like I literally wasn't even thinking about it. And my girlfriend's like, we won. I'm like, we won? And I started looking, and it's 14 innings. Game goes, I'm like, we, we just can't make it easy. You know, this, we're already playing with the replacements, hashtag replace for 28. And we just have to play 14 innings. And look how the bullpen held up last night versus on Sunday. It's just, I don't know, with this Yankee team right now, I know we were talking about our um, percentages of like what we were worried. Like I'm not even worried anymore. Like anything goes, whatever happens, happens. Uh, we have a huge excuse for losing games right now, even though we don't want to lose games. We won these games this past weekend, lost judge, but we still figured it out. Won that game that we lost judge in won the next one, won the first game against the angels. I, I don't really know how to feel about this team right now. I mean, last night was, you know, I, I went to bed at two, two, uh, you went to bed at 2-2 because it stayed that way until the 12th where we have uh, Gio Urshela get an RBI for us. And then of all the people to do it, Chapman comes in and blows a save to in the 12th to bring it around for uh, Urshela to once again give us the lead. Uh, but in such a bizarre 14th inning, it was such a bizarre way to manufacture a run. It like... Like, looking back at it, it's just, I can't believe we won that way because that's the way that we've been losing games is right. having the Angels 14th inning. Right. That one would usually slip away. If, if this was a week ago, two weeks ago, that game would slip away. And I'm not even saying that we, that we lose the game. I'm saying we lose it in the same fashion that the Angels lost that game. Oh, I see. You know? yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm happy that we're figuring it out. We're figuring it out with less. We're getting it done with less. I feel like it's, you know, we, we live and die by the home run. Since we don't have the long ball as an option now, I guess we got to grind it out 14 innings. Sack fly is uh, underrated. Shout out to Joe's McFly. Like, however we well, get it done, it- we get it done. It's not even sack flies, and I think the 14th inning showcases actually a strength of this, the Yankees team, that the way it is. Um, for anyone who may have missed it, the Yankees got Gliber Torres. The Yankees struck out in the 14th inning four times last night um, because Jonathan Lucroy drops the third strike for Gliber and then throws the ball into right field. So now, even though we should have an out, we have a guy on first base, and we start manufacturing runs that way. Gliber gets over. Uh, on a wild pitch because uh, Luke Roy is, is having a hard time. Uh, and then he steals third base with no throw. And now Jonathan Luke Roy is not an old man. He's 32 years old. But the difference I feel like in that game was our youth. And you've got Gliber Torres. You've got Urshela. You've got, you know, guys like Clint, who's got his ankle fully taped up, um, going out there and still hustling, still making things happen. Whereas uh, Luke Roy, who's, again, only 32 years old, but 14 innings behind the dish. Some of these guys, they just looked, the Angels are, you know, they have some older players than we do. He just looked, they look sluggish. They look like they can't compete. And, you know, I'm sure you remember it from, from playing sports. Um, you know, your coaches, when you're, when you're doing all that running and on all those drills that you're like, how does this make me, you know, a better, you know, a better baseball player by running all these laps? 
And it's because, or, you know, I know you played football and, you know, why am I doing all this running? Like, I'm not going to run a marathon. I'm just running routes. But it comes down to that ninth inning, that fourth inning, that fourth quarter. Who's going to still have a couple more punches left in them? And I think that's what we saw out of this team last night because it is getting us a little bit away from the Bronx Bombers into, like, now we're kind of the Bronx Scrappers. Yeah, I'll take it. Bronx Scrappers. Young guys got the young legs underneath them. We're figuring it out with less. Replace for 28. I'm just looking at this team right now, dude. Like, we have to coast until we get guys back one by one. We have to not lose every other game or every game. We're two games above 500 right now. This lineup tonight, I don't know what to expect. But if, if we win this game tonight, then we split the series with the Angels. I'm cool with that. <laughs> like, th to think that... To think that this is the team we have on April 23rd and you could go through a name, like all the names of, of the guys that we don't have and we're winning games, I'm cool with it. I'm not worried anymore. The 20% is now zero. It's like watching a, a, a movie. It's like taking a turn that I was not expecting this movie to take a turn. And, you know, I, I know we have time until we don't. So whatever happens, happens. Get it done however we got to get it done. Boone, manage these young guys. Give some of these young guys a shot like I saw Estrada's in the lineup um tonight starting and good like let's see what these guys got because they might be trade ships they might be you know playing right now to end up on another team somewhere down the line and I'm cool with it so let's kind of let's go through some of the guys who are really making the difference for us um obviously right now we have the greatest hitter the greatest hitter in the history of baseball for the last week uh the red hot Pun intended, Clint Frazier. Clint Frazier is batting 355 with 11 hits, seven RBIs, and three home runs in the last seven. Yeah. He said his confidence is an all-time high. Um, it's kind of funny when you see Clint get interviewed because he kind of talks out of just, like, the right side of his mouth. <laughs> and it looks like he's almost, like, smirking. Uh, and I could see, I mean, we've talked about why some people don't like him or he rubs people the wrong way, and it's mostly because he's young, a confident red hair, but like that smile doesn't help, but that's totally natural. That's just the way he looks. And um, to come out and just say, you know, when they ask him about his confidence, he says, my confidence is at an all time high for me. I know you're a football guy to me. That felt like a Baker Mayfield. I woke up feeling dangerous. Oh yeah. And I liked oh, it because yeah. it was, it was confident. It wasn't cocky. And I think the difference was like, you could see it's there. You could see he means it, but He's staying humble about it. He's happy about the opportunity. And I think you just look at him and you see, like, he's just happy his head's not fucked up anymore right. because he really was battling, like, stuff that you can't just sit out when it comes to a head injury. And at the same time, he is missing tonight's game. I think he was due for a day off anyway, but he awkwardly did go back into second base on a pickoff. And instead of, I, I think if, let's say, he played all of last year, Let's say he's having, you know, even a mediocre career, you know, a lesser career than he's shown in the time he actually gets to play. He probably comes out of that game if there are other options. Mm -hmm. Or maybe he thinks about going on the DL. But this is a guy who's fired the fuck up just to get a chance to be out there and play. And there is a part of me where, you know, it's great because it's a game and games are for kids and all that stuff. But I said last week, Who's going to step up and be a fucking man? Yeah. Who wants to go be a fucking Major League Baseball player today? And you know who wants to be a Major League Baseball player today? Clint fucking Frazier. Hot. Always hot. Coming to the plate mentality. 
always hot. I, I love that little clip that we posted on Bronx Pinstripes of him because he's got the hair. He's kind of got the, like the Jerry curl, the red Jerry curl, like a like a Deion Sanders Jerry curl. And he wears it. Yeah, that wet hair is rough. When his hair is wet <laughs> at, like that, like that was rough. He's got he a, had some soul. He's got a, a very distinct look. You don't you don't uh, mistake Clint Frazier for anybody else. But last year, man, that was a blessing in, dis- in disguise. Might have been the best thing to happen to him. He spent a lot of time not playing and watching and wanting. And now that he's got his time, he's not letting this opportunity pass. And he's a, he's a swag champ. I'm his biggest cheerleader. If you look on Instagram, I'm always hashtag swag champ, hashtag sevens. I want to see this guy kill it. I want to see this guy keep doing well because so many people did hate on him. So many people do hate on his persona, his image, how he is. And all he's done is help this team and carry this team, lead this team in RBIs. And we didn't even want him to make the club when he wasn't on the opening day roster. And, and now look at him. If he goes down. I think he just wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. I mean, I think they, they wanted him to make the club. They wanted him to be able to. You want that competition. I know I wanted him to make the team. I think the team wanted him to make the team because you want that competition. But I think he just wasn't ready. Like, he showed us nothing in spring training. Yeah, it's day and night uh, between what he's, he's done now and spring training. The last What he's done in the last two, three weeks compared to spring training, like – literally day and night. Uh, I'm a fan. He's, he's killing it, dude. This guy is putting cleats onto the, like he's putting spikes onto Air Jordan Jeter ones. He's putting spikes onto fear of God sneakers. Like he's literally doing something that no one has ever seen in major league baseball. He's taking sneakers that like sneaker heads, people that are into the sneaker game cherish. He's taking these sneakers, putting spikes on the bottom, stepping into the batter's box and mashing home runs. I, I love it. I love everything about it. Swag champ, sevens. I'm the biggest Clint Frazier cheerleader. When I saw he wasn't in the lineup tonight, uh, I was a little down, and then I looked into it a little bit more. I thought they were going to say that, you know, he had an ankle problem, but it's just the rest that he was scheduled to get. Um, I hope he goes on a tear and then stays up. And I tweeted something about him like, you know, it's time to give him his respect, not just on this team, but in this league. He's one of the best young players in this league, and he's doing it not quietly like he's doing it like look at me and look at what I can do and, and that's your boy man I know you got to be proud yeah dude that's my guy I think he's doing all the right things he's cleaned up his social media uh if you look at his Instagram he's deleted pretty much everything aside from I think he's got like eight posts up there um because I think it's just kind of a rebirth of Clint right and so I think if we're going to talk about Clint Frazier we're going to talk about his success at the same time we have to talk about really the guy who he's chasing in Brett Gardner who over the you know last seven seven games is uh, batting and so for some reason you know what it is MLB.com I put in all these stats earlier today for us to talk yeah. about and MLB.com uh, the Yankee game last night went so late that they hadn't updated the stats yeah yet. fuck the stats so, we know, we've seen the games so, we know we okay, know what he's stats, done we don't need but, the numbers but Brett but Brett Gardner um, is in the last seven games batting. 263, which is not great, but not terrible. Uh, but he's got two home runs and a big six RBIs, including that grand slam. He has uh, walked three times, and he did steal a base, which I like to see. I like to see Brett still get out there and steal a base. So when we look at it, that eventually, at some point in this season, we may have a situation where we have five outfielders who are all healthy, and finding out playing time is going to be an issue. But I think there is a world where we can carry Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, Aaron Hicks, Brett Gardner, and Clint Frazier. Because 
Gardner gives that leadership. We're never walking away from Gardner in the middle of the season. It's not going to happen. Some people tweet he's got to be released, things like that. It's no. not going to happen. But Clint Frazier has 100% shown that he belongs in the major leagues in pinstripes. And yes, he could be a valuable trade piece because uh, anyone who's a good baseball player could be. But I just don't think that it's going to happen. Yeah, um, I look at it like this, man. Uh, the Guardy parties have been lit the last couple of weeks. He's hit some uh, big home runs and big spots. I think he hit his 100th uh, milestone recently. The Grand Slam was his 100th. Grand Slam was his 100th. Awesome. Um, he's going to need rest eventually because he's a little older. So there will be some games where we rest him. Um, Hicks is on the track to come back, but we still don't know exactly when. Giancarlo should be soon, we hope. And I hate to say it, man, but we saw how long Judge was out last year. And we saw how they played with the media and, and how they, you know, they gave us a timetable and then it was longer. And right now there's no timetable. But Judge could be out for like two, three months. Like We, we don't even know. So I, I just I pray that it all works in our favor and that we have room for everybody. And then when it's time in September, October to really make the push, it's like we have an embarrassment of riches. And, you know, one of these guys got a DH or take the day off or we're pinch hitting these guys in in big spots and they're saving the day. And that's what I'm looking at this team now. Like if these young guys and these backups replaced for 28 are getting it done, we're going to be deep. This DVD is going to be sick. Like this movie I was not expecting to watch. I, I said the only thing that could kill us is the, you know, is the health of this team. But hey, if we're carrying five outfielders that can all hit, that can all field, good for us. Um, optimism. Well, let, let's talk about Judge. Let's talk about Judge. So obviously, Aaron Judge, the other day, over the weekend, uh, takes a swing immediately as he's jogging the first base, grabs his left side, strained oblique, and it's been described as a severely strained oblique. Yeah. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, your obliques on your side, and you need to be able to have your side when you're looking to swing a baseball bat, especially with the force that a man the size of Aaron Judge would swing. Yeah. And now, if the Yankees are staying in contention, um, it's fine for him to stay out because... Again, I've mentioned this before, almost like a Patriots mentality of like, let's just get to the playoffs and all be healthy for that. But if this was towards the end of the season, maybe you push him, maybe you try to rush him back. In a study done in 2017 by uh, Stan Conti, who was the athletic trainer for the Dodgers, a grade one oblique strain, which is the least severe, on average players miss 27 days. So... For a grade one, on average, 27 days, I think we're looking at a minimum of two months, probably two and a half months for Aaron Judge. Yeah, and it's a big three. blow to the team. It's a very big blow to the team. But if he's got to sit out and he's going to come back healthy, if we're going to get, like, what is it, May, April, June, or April, April's almost done, June, July, and after, then mid-August, the I'll, I'll take him back mid-August. If we get a fully healthy Aaron Judge shot in the arm mid-August, or maybe we can get Sooner. greedy beginning Hopefully. of August, I'll take it. Beginning of August, I'll take That's two and a half months. It's rough, man. A guy that big. Uh, I was talking to one of my friends, um, my boy Stanton. He works for the White Sox. He doesn't like the Yankees, but he messaged me, and he's like, now Judge? He's like, I've never seen this. Like, how are you doing? How are you holding up, man? I'm like, I'm fine, but it is peculiar. And a guy like Judge's size – 
when you saw him make that swing and he, the, the way he grimaced, he's a big guy. He can take some pain. He grimaced like he knew. And then everyone caught it. Like somehow the mic caught it on yes when he was in the dugout. He screamed, fuck. And he was pissed because he knew like, okay, this isn't something that I'm going to just shake off. I'm going to be out now for at least a month, two months with our janky ass medical staff, maybe three months. And I don't know. Last year we saw this, man. We saw what happened with his wrist. And I feel like it's deja vu. And they're not going to rush it because we have so many outfielders. Let's get Giancarlo back. Let's get Hicks back. Clint, keep tearing it up. Guardy, keep leading the way. We'll be all right. We'll figure it out. Talkman, got to give Talkman some love. Both of us shitted on that guy. I said he shouldn't be on the team. You said he couldn't hit his way out of a wet paper bag. And he shut us both up. So let's talk about it. I mean, we lose Aaron Judge, but I maybe Mike Talkman got into Judge's secret stuff. Uh, the last week he's batted 261, which is way better than the nothing he's ever batted before. Three home runs, eight RBIs. Um, he had a, a really big game, uh, literally on, what was it? Wednesday night or Tuesday night. It was last Tuesday night after I had talked shit about him for pretty much an hour before the show even came out. Uh, he went off. And he went off against the Red Sox. Everyone was waiting for Mike Talkman versus Chris Sale. We knew it would be his coming out party. But if Mike Talkman ever listens to this, before you get uh, eventually demoted or traded, uh, I apologize for what I said. Um, I wish you nothing but the best. I hope you continue to produce. Um, and it's exciting. Yeah. I mean, listen, because like, I'm never going to change my opinion that Mike Talkman stinks at baseball. Like, yeah, he got these hits. The guy, this is not a guy... If Mike Talkman plays a major factor, it like we are fucked. We are fucked. There's no TV. We needed to keep Take going. We do need it to keep going though. It took him a little we while like, to, get, yeah. to get started, and we needed to keep going though. Listen, the clock's gonna strike midnight night, and Mike Talkman's gonna turn back into a pumpkin at some <laughs> point. Man, I don't. He's he. I mean, we picked him up because. They said we, we couldn't depend on Tyler Wade as the like fifth outfielder or fourth outfielder or whatever. Because Tyler Wade can't play center field. That's the thing. Mike Talkman was brought in because we could trade nothing for him. Right. And he has the range to play center field where Tyler Wade just doesn't have that skill set yet. Hitting better than T. Wade. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, neither one of them. If Mike Talkman, I've said it all along, if Mike Talkman and Tyler Wade play major factors on this team. Yeah. We are so fucked. Yeah, we definitely We're fucked. the head cheer- those, those aren't the We're guys. the head cheerleader. We're the head cheerleader on prom night. We are fucked. Yeah, they shouldn't be at the and- parade raising the trophy because they walked us off. Like I said, when you dream of the Yankees winning the World Series, Mike Talkman doesn't walk us off. Tyler Wade doesn't, you know, no. Those guys are they're replacements. We're watching the replacements Yankee edition. And uh, remember when remember when we won all those World Series in the 90s and they would always make T-shirts uh, where it would like, list all the players on the oh, back. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it yeah. have, yeah, the, the caricatures of all them. The caricature artist is not doing dry runs on Mike Talkman and Tyler Wade. Right no, now. no one knows what it's he looks just like. not happening. Yeah. I, Actually, all of our players look exactly the yeah, same. I was going to say, the other Austin day I was like, Romine, is that Mike Ford or Mike, Mike Talkman? Ford? I'm like, no, that's, that's, that's Mike Talkman. Talkman, Romine, Ford all have the exact same body. They just pick a side of the plate to bat from. Yeah, it's like a weird game. It's like a weird like illusion. That's why I said. This, yeah. Hey, man, we we might have to revisit uh, 
putting names on the back of the jerseys because nobody knows who the fuck these guys no are. No one's revisiting that. Stop <laughs> it. Stop that shit. At a certain it's point, perfect. there's a narrative where this Keith is isn't year. a Yankee fan. This is the year that we, we put – maybe we just put them not over the pinstripes. We put them on the gray jerseys, the away jerseys, because no one has any clue who's playing for the Yankees right now. I don't give a shit if anyone on the road knows who it they is need names. who they are. They need name tags Fuck that. on the back of the jersey. You're, you're fucking insane. Names. You're a crazy person. <laughs> You're a, you went to your first Yankee game in your 20s, and you want names on the jerseys. I don't know. Where the fuck did you come from? I came from, I came from Ocean Township, man. I don't know. I was watching God. TV. I didn't even think Yankee Shore, Stadium was a real place. Shore Conference football rules. Shore Conference fo- football does rule. But uh, anyway. I know. Yeah, so Talkman, so, you know, he, he heard the talk, man. He heard us talking on the podcast, and he responded. And, you know, everyone's uh, making plays on words with his names. You know, talk to talk, walk to walk. Uh, he heard the talk and he silenced it. I think I tweeted uh, the other day. Good. I'm like I'm saying, we are making the most out of it with these guys. I'd rather see these guys like Mike Talkman hit home runs, find it, figure it out, than suck and just slump. Because we got other guys slumping right now, and we can't afford to have the whole lineup not not hitting. So hey, I'll take whatever well. We, we still can get. we still have some guys that are playing well. We've got Austin Romine who's been absolutely killing the ball. He's batting 357, a couple big RBIs, uh, you know, big double for us, uh, and, and he's not striking out a lot. We've got Gio Urshela, who has come out of nowhere at all, and he's hitting almost, you know, almost 300. He's gotten two big RBIs last night. It's the only RBIs he has, but he did kind of shock us with some great defense yesterday. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know... You know, we didn't hear about him being a great defensive player necessarily coming up. And he's not even supposed to be here. But he did flash the leather a little bit, look like kind of a baby Manny. And so I had asked uh, earlier this evening on Twitter uh, if people had any questions for us. So someone did ask, uh, Kurt, at Kurt9631 on Twitter. Kurt, thank you for the question. Do you think Gio has a place on this team when everyone comes back? based on his solid defense and bat playing well, or is he just going to be traded? Um, man, I, I can't call it. And we signed uh, Brad Miller. Um, well, yeah, Brad Miller, I don't think, like, you know, I think that's another kind infielder. of like emergency. Might, maybe yeah, another that, non-factor. That's depth. Um, that's depth. Because no one else, because Brad Miller was available for a couple days, so no one was dying to have him. Definitely not. But shout out, shout out to uh, Brad Miller. I got two shout-outs in before we were we halfway in. I got two shout-outs. Shout-out to Brad Miller. Met him in the who, fan cave. Who else did you shout-out? I shouted out, out uh, Joe's McFly because a sack fly is overrated uh, yep. or underrated. That's his, that's his term. That's his phrase. Uh, gotcha. But, um, gotcha. Yeah, Gio. So two shout-outs in. We'll see. I, he's got – so here's the way I see Gio Urshela. Um, I hope he can do what he's doing right now. He will finish the year in AAA. And will likely be traded. The reason I think he'll be traded is that if we are going to get Andujar back and he can play third base, that bumps him out. If we're getting back um, Didi, if we're getting back too low, and we'll talk about some of the injured guys and when they're coming back, there's just not a place for him. Like, who do you get rid of? Um, but Gio can be packaged up. I don't think he's a huge trade himself, but he could be packaged up in a trade. I just don't see a path for him to continue to contribute to this team 
without there being a ton more injuries. And if there are a ton more injuries and we don't make trades uh, and include someone like him in a trade to get like real Major League Baseball players, I'm going to fucking kill myself. So yeah. that's where it's we're a, at. It's the defense. I mean, he's made some plays and he, you know, he won it for us last night, but it's the defense. He can, you can already put, put together a little highlight reel of his defensive plays. And you got to think about it. Uh, Yankees Twitter. They're in love with the defense because everyone hates on Andujar's defense. So we, we've got a guy in Geo playing better defense at third. So it starts to chatter up. Oh, what do we do when Andujar comes back? If Geo's still playing well. He's out of here, man. Andujar is going to come back. And, you know, they're talking about trying him out at first. Not sure if he's going to be able to throw, whatever. Uh, these are good problems to have. Like I said, embarrassment of riches. If we've got too many guys, if these replacement players can win games and we start getting guys back piece by piece, it'll figure itself out. We, we've got smart people. We've got a bunch of nerds that know, you know, what to do and Boone and Cashman and Everybody else will figure out who's going to be in the lineup and who's going to play, and, and we'll be right. I'm not worried about it. I'm, I was not even thinking about the name Gio Urshela two months ago. Um, no, I'm not really thinking about him now either because that motherfucker's going to have been AAA before the end of the year and part of a trade. Yeah, package. trade deadline. Write it Let's down. See, like I said, these guys, if these guys are balling, watch right him now, hit. They're going to get. He's going to hit three home runs tonight. He's going to because I recorded this before the game and talk shit yeah, on him. His, his ears are ringing. I'm fine with that. We should just keep talking shit on everybody and then they and, perform. And he's still going to go to triple. Love the Yankees. Love uh, this team. But fuck these guys. Hope they all suck. Now watch they ball out tonight. <laughs> also, on the positive front, Luke Voigt doing his thing. He's been on base 33 straight games. Uh, so he's continuing to mash. And then Mike Ford got his call up. And everyone's excited about Mike Ford. We talked about him a little bit Jersey. last week. Local guy. Jersey guy. Went to Princeton. Um, fun fact about Mike Ford. You know a uh, little history Mike Ford made last night? No, I was dead asleep. I didn't catch it. Mike Ford's current stats right now, he has one career hit. He has two career intentional base on balls. He was walked intentionally walked twice in extra innings. Okay. So he has double the amount of hits. Um, he is one of seven players to record two intentional base on balls in their first four major league games. We have Mike Ford from last night. Jose Abreu did it in uh, 2014. Andy LaRoche in 2007 for the Dodgers. Uh, Orlando Miller in 1994 for Houston. Will Clark in 86 for the Giants. Leon McFadden in 1968 for they don't even have a team there. And Carl Ferrillo, 1946 for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Carl Ferrillo hmm. in, in 1946. That's when, like, you just played for the local team. Like, yeah. they were like, oh, we found this Italian kid. What? This Italian kid in Brooklyn. He could play. We'll get him on the team. He'll get That's walk. why you got to love baseball, man. These obscure stats that they keep can put Mike Ford in, you know, company with uh, these random names. And some of these guys, like, only baseball are these stats kept where when they happen, it's like, ding. Here's a fun fact about Mike Ford now. Do you know there was also, uh, there have been two players in Major League Baseball history who have uh, finished their career with more intentional walks than hits. Both had one intentional uh, walk and zero hits. Neil Wilson played for the San Francisco Giants in 1960. He went 0 for 10, but it was intentionally walked one time because he was batting eighth in front of the pitcher. Um, and then Rex Johnson in 1964 for Pittsburgh went 0 for 7 um, with an intentional walk in his debut to load the bases uh, and get the force at home in extras. 
uh, both retired without doing it. So yeah, sounds we've good. talked about the positive. We've talked about the good things that are going on. We do have a little bit of concern, and my concern is uh, Gleiber is slumping. Uh, over the last week, he's batting 115. It is a small sample size, um, but uh, along with him and DJ LeMahieu, who's got who struck out four times in the last week, and he's batting 111. It's a small sample size. It's one week in April. But I do have concern about the usage of these players because it's tough. There is no opportunity to really find a day off. Like a lineup without Gleyber Torres is just like, it's my softball lineup. We don't know who to, like, who are these guys, as you said, but, like, where's the power going to come from? Um, Gleyber's already got more home runs in the majors than he had in the minors in far less games in the majors. So I feel like we're asking a lot of him. And I wonder if now getting a full season at the major league level is going to have some wear and tear on him and we'll see a slump. And the same thing, like LeMahieu, he's an established veteran, but moving around a little bit, I'd like, I think he's going to rebound. I don't have as much concern for him, but I do worry that as the season wears on, it's almost like an NBA player in their rookie year coming out of college, they've never played this many games, you kind of hit that hump of, fuck, this season's longer than I expected. Yeah, and I look at Glaber, and I look at DJ LM, and it's like, it's Glaber's second year, it's it's LeMahieu's first year with the team, and they got to kind of be like, oh, shit, man, I wasn't expecting to be, you know, in this position where I'm the guy, I'm the, you know, most most of the fans and people watching are waiting on, you know, me to do damage, where's Judge, where's Stanton, where's Didi? Where, you know what I'm saying? Like, where's Gary? Like, they're the guys. And, you know, of course they're going to slump. Um, LeMahieu was hitting, like, 350. So, like, that had to level out. Um, and Glaber. And he's still batting. I mean, DJ's still batting, you know, 293. So, he's yeah, still right. there around he's 300. Like, he's like still he, in the high twos. Not to say he's, yeah, he, he's, he hasn't fallen off the face of the earth. But, like. Yeah, he's a pro hitter. But it is a rough week when you see just kind of more injuries coming. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a rough week to see. And Gliber, I think it's just a thing that, you know, he's only batting 238 for the season. He's got four home runs. He's playing great defense for us, but he has struck out 20, uh, 23 times. And, you know, 23 times in 84 at-bats. Judge has 26 in 73 at-bats, and he's not going to get at-bat for a while. Um, you do wonder if at a certain point the league kind of figures Gliber out or Glaber, or he is able to, you know, cut down on the swings if he's probably putting maybe a little too much on himself. Uh, you know, it's all, it's not huge concerns, but there are things that I'd like to note so that we can talk about it throughout he, the season. He's fine, man. Glaber is a prodigy. He's going he's gonna to be a dog, and he's going to be, you know, he is what we thought he was. Um, I just, you know, he, he got robbed of a three-run home run. What was that, Saturday when the fan reached over? Yeah, we got to talk about that. What an idiot, right? I didn't, I didn't get to Yankee Stadium until I was 20 years old, but I knew not to do no stupid shit like that. <laughs> like, why are you sitting in that seat and then reaching over into, like, that whole thing was a debacle. Like, I, I, no, that's – no, I totally disagree. Okay, great. So Listen, now we got to talk about it. If I'm in those seats, I've never caught a, a ball in my life. I have been to so many Major League Baseball games. I've never caught a ball. I don't know that guy's life story. I'm in those seats. That ball's right there. And in that split second, I think I'm going to help the Yankees 
I'm going to Jeffrey Mayer this. No, I knew you were going to say Jeffrey Mayer. I don't think it's going to be an out. No, and that, no, that happened what? In, in the 90s, you can't do that, man. We, you got to know how to, like, you got to know how to act. And you got to know if you're sitting there and the ball is coming there and it's hit by us, like, you got you to know the situation in the game. Watch the game. Don't, don't reach over like that. That was a debacle. Nah, fuck that. Fight for the team. Go out there and get that ball. There was a guy right next to him with a glove guy. and then another guy right next to him that was, like, pulling back. So fuck the guy with a glove. It's like three perfect examples, right? A a loser at the stadium with a glove, glove reaching a guy with no glove reaching. And then another guy pulling back. I'm the guy that's pulling back. Like, yo, this is a live game going on. The guy pulling back was probably afraid he was going to get hit by it. Yeah, but you get a chance to get a ball in a major league baseball game. Hey, to quote Billy Madison, kind of, you get out there and you get that fucking ball. I mean, but I go for that ball every time right there. Yeah. You paid a lot of money to reach out there and get a ball. And he did not reach over the wall. He didn't go into the field of play. He was, the ball was over the wall when he touched it. I think it was a bullshit call. Yeah, it was a bullshit call, but still he like, you got to know, don't put your hands there where it's going to be interference. Like, the, the trajectory of the ball, like it was going out. Like that should have been a, been a three. The ball bomb came to where he paid. That ball invaded his space that he paid for. No way, dude. That guy didn't know what to do, and then that's why they sent him packing. He knew what to do. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. And you get out there and you fight for that ball. Anyone listening to this, you get a shot to get a ball. You go out there and get that fucking ball. Not when you're sitting right there. Like I've I caught uh Kobe. Well, Rasmus you can't get run. it from this. You can't get it from the seventh row. You can only get it if you're right there. Well, it could bounce up. Kobe Rasmus hit that home run in the 2015 wildcard game. It bounced up. I got it in section 204. Perfectly fine. Jump. Do what you got to do. Where's that ball? I threw it back. All right. Thank God. Of course. Uh, between the fucking names uh, on the back of the jersey. Hey, man. It oh, took man, me a while to worried. get to Yankee Stadium on my own dime, but I know what the fuck to do. Carlos Beltran saw that shit fly right over his head. Fuck that. That, that game sucked. But either way. that guy- I was at that game. Bro, we were probably I, at so many games that both of us were at, and we like never met. I was, I was in the, I was in the fourth row in a suite, though. Yeah, nah, I'm a suite. I was, I, I'm I, a sweet I think boy. I paid like a hundred and five dollars to sit in the bleachers, but I didn't care. It was a wild card game. Like, thought we were gonna win that one. Either way, um, now we're getting off track. But yeah, fuck that guy for reaching. Glaber needed that for his, you know, slump to, um, to end, and I feel like that would have been a good confidence boost for him. Um, three runs, like they could have called that a, a ground rule double, or like couldn't have been ruled yeah. a double. It could have been ruled a double. It could have been and ruled then a Boone home got run. Got ejected because it, like, he he knew that was some fuck shit. He was like fuck, fuck. He's like that's bullshit. That's horseshit. It was a bullshit call. They botched the call and they looked at it for a decent amount of time. Well, the problem there is now Boone is yelling at he's yelling at the umpires and the umpires didn't make a call. He's fighting with a guy who's in Midtown. Right, he's you know, the, with the you know, some guy in Chelsea yeah, who's like, yeah, uh, taking a look. Yeah, yeah. There, there's nothing. Probably a Mets fan that. in the MLB offices in Chelsea was like, mm, nah, Glaber Torres is slumping. Let's keep it that way. Oh man, imagine I'd get to the bottom of that case. So let's talk about the injuries. We got uh, everybody is fucking injured. So we've got Gary Sanchez coming back in the lineup. Listen to this on Wednesday. Gary Sanchez back in the lineup. Played Monday night in uh, Charleston, yeah. went 0 for 3 in single-A <laughs> rehab game against Kannapolis. I don't even know that's a fucking place in the world. Um, and you know what? He went 0 for 3. I don't really give a shit about the results. He looked healthy. 
He felt good. He said it was only going to be the minimum on the DL. He's coming back. That changes things uh, huge, huge for the lineup because right now when you look at our lineup and not the Tuesday night lineup because that lineup's kind of a joke, you know, you've got Clint Frazier in there who's got some pop in the bat. Um, you've got uh, Luke Voigt who's got some pop in the bat. And then, I mean, like I said, Mike Talkman, he hit a couple home runs. That could be a flash in the pan. Gardner sometimes has some pop, but that's hot and cold. Putting a guy like Sanchez back in the lineup, just getting back one of our kind of our big boppers yeah. of Stanton, Judge, and um, Sanchez gives us some coverage. You know, now whoever's batting in front of Gary Sanchez is going to see better pitches, whether that's Clint, whether that's Voight. And kind of when you put the three of them together, you really do start to look at, oh, shit, we've got some protection in this lineup. Because tonight's lineup, if the Astros lose, I'm mean, sorry, if the Angels lose to us, they should pray for an earthquake to drop California into the fucking ocean. <laughs> because this is a high school team that we're putting out there on Tuesday night. Seriously, dude, they, that's that's the real thing right now. We are we are playing with a bunch of no name guys and surviving. I wanted to I wanted to just like talk people off the ledge uh, like last week and the week before, but right now it's just a dose of reality. We have twelve wins. The Mets and Phillies I think are tied for first with twelve wins and their full team. The Pirates are in first with twelve wins and their full team. Um, who else? Uh, Manny Machado and the Padres have 12. Like, there's some good teams with 12 wins, and they have the full health of their team. We have 12 wins, and we're missing an all-star, like, starting line. Like, literally, you saw the Bruce Bombers um, thing that the Yes Network posted where you could put Tulo at second, Didi at short, and, like, literally fill out a lineup of our injured players and a bullpen spot with Batances and a starter with Sevy. We're missing all of these guys that are the Yankees. And we're, so we I got still a question for wins. you then. I got a question for you. And this comes in actually from uh, Ryan uh, at stadium status. That's at stadium S T A T U Z on Twitter. Uh, what do you think is more sustainable? The Yankees winning with all these injuries or the Red Sox continue to lose with really no answers in sight? Well, I don't know, man. I, I last week we were saying if if the Red Sox beat us, we'd put the battery in their back. We beat them two games, and they went and swept Tampa in Tampa, and Tampa's in first right now. So they're maybe they're starting to figure it out. I don't want to. I don't want to even. Yeah, but Tampa. Tampa's, speak that Tampa's into in existence, a bullshit but first. May, yeah, maybe Tampa isn't as great as as they you know as they started off. Um, I don't know. Tampa's what in what I call bullshit first place. Like that, it doesn't fucking count. Right. I just the they're Red Sox have too many place. good players and they're healthy. They have too many good players and they're health right now to keep sucking. Um, ask the question again. What, what was the? Yeah. What What do you think is more sustainable? The Yankees keep winning with kind of this shitty with all these injuries that we have, or that the Red Sox keep losing. Uh, with really they have no answers in sight. Wh which one do you think is more likely to happen? I, I think I think the Yankees keep winning. Um, like I said, we're figuring it out, and it's kind of good for us because we live and die by the long ball. We're kind of figuring it out. We got to manage better. We got to hit better. We got to be smarter on the base pass. We got to field. We got to just you know do the do the little things right. Play small ball. Get it done. If it takes fourteen innings, whatever. I think the Yankees keep winning with 
these backups and we see us stay around 500 um, for the next, I don't know, let's say, I don't know, like, guys, I don't know when guys are coming back, but let's say the next couple of weeks, I think we stay around uh, 500 and figure it out with the replacement crew. And the Red Sox, the Red Sox have nine wins. I don't know if they get back to 500 while we stay around 500. So you're kind of taking both. <laughs> so your answer, this or that, your answer was yes. No, I think the Yankees, uh, the, the answer is I think the Yankees, it's more likely that, that the Yankees keep winning with the backups than the Red Sox keep losing. Um, so I don't think that, I don't think the Yankees can keep winning with the team that they have. I don't think they're going to have to because, again, Gary Sanchez is back. I'm about to take you through some of the other injuries. But the Red Sox are, I think, to a certain extent, collapsing. Yeah, they went down and they beat the, the Rays and swept them. But they lost earlier today to Detroit. They're down 3-1 in the bottom of the seventh to Detroit, also at home. Uh, again, the, I think the Rays are fraudulent. Uh, and again, you know, they didn't have uh, Snell. You know, they, they don't have their team. I think the Red Sox, with their personalities of David Price, Chris Sale, who are two guys who are known bitches, well-known bitches around the league. Things aren't going their way. I'm going to cut up these jerseys. I'm going to complain. <laughs> David Price him, has said himself, he said to the media, like, and could you fucking imagine a number three starter on the Yankees going out there, like Jay Happ just being like, well, if we don't turn things around, they're going to start trading everyone, start naming players. I mean, David yeah, Price said, we're going to trade Mookie Betts. We're going to trade D J.D. Martinez. We're going to trade me. I Maybe think he was trolling. I don't know. That's some bitch-made shit. No, they're both, they're both well-known bitches. Well-known bitches across the league. So I think the Red Sox are fucked. I don't care about that sweep. They are fucked because they're, the mentality is terrible. They're getting, they're getting back towards beer and chicken. I think they got complacent with winning the World Series. I think Mookie Betts is looking towards free agency. Mm -hmm. He wants nothing more than to go to free agency. Whether he's re-signs with the Red Sox or not, I don't know. But he wants to get to free agency. And then, you know, it, Dustin Pedroia is a shell of himself. He's really a burden on the team. I see this folding up very quickly for them. Is Pedroia's hurt, I think. No, his knee. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, he's back and forth. Like, he's a distraction. Yeah, he's yeah. coming in. He, he's out, he's in, he's out. He's never healthy. Um, I think that they are fucked. I think the Yankees, with the current team that they have today, could not continue to win, but I don't think they're going to have to do that because Gary Sanchez is back on Wednesday. Uh, Michael Giancarlo Stanton will be starting rehab at some point during this West Coast trip. Aaron Hicks has fully started taking batting practice. Now, Stanton can go and do a couple of, you know, uh, get a couple at-bats in the, in the minors for rehab, and he'll be good to go. Once he does that, he could be back. I mean, I could see him meeting us in Arizona. Um, it might be a little bit of a rush. I might wait till he gets home. Hicks has started taking batting practice. He's going to need a longer rehab uh, just because he hasn't played since March 1st. But at the same time, if he's been doing all the things he says, he's not really that. He waited to do baseball activities, but he's been working out. Let's go. Let's get it going. I think we could see him back sooner. Troy Tulowitzki, whose career may have been over two weeks ago on this show, is now actually a little closer than Aaron Hicks. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think I'm a little not far behind Aaron Hicks. Again, he hasn't played since, um, you know, March 1st. 
Greg Bird is in a boot for two weeks. Then he'll be re- uh, reevaluated uh, from injuring himself again. Uh, more likely, they take him out to one of the backfields in Tampa, lay him down, put a sheet over him, and just fucking put him <laughs> out of his misery because that guy, I don't think he's playing again. Yeah, it's a wrap. I don't think he's playing again because I don't think he'll be able to be healthy in time. Bye, if bye, If we're looking birdie. at like six weeks, I, yeah, it's if we're done. looking at six weeks, give Miguel Andujar a fucking first base mitt and let him start taking balls before games at first base. Give Clint, uh, give Clint Frazier a first base mitt. Give everyone, give fucking Stanton a first base. LeMayhew is a third base or a first base option. We got guys, man. We're going to figure the whole thing out. Yeah, but we've got enough places for LeMayhew to play. I'm talking about where we have kind of an embarrassment of riches. And, like, again, and Duhor, we don't know with his shoulder. Otherwise, I'd say keep him a third. But at the same time, you know, with all the outfielders we have, and especially how big they are, like Stanton could make a nice target at first base. So could Judge. I think Judge is more athletic to do it. Um, who else do we got? Sevy, he's still out. He'll be out for fucking forever. Actually, no, he'll be back probably around the all-star break, ready to go. That's going to be a nice. I haven't put a DVD in a DVD player in a while, but that's going to be a whole chapter in itself. Um, Batantis, two more weeks of doing nothing. That's awesome. Spring break for him. Then maybe six weeks before we see him again. So we're still like two months, you know, back to him. But did he just have a kid, Batances? Uh, I don't know. I think I think Batances and Hicks just had like sons. So together, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> imagine they just imagine they were like, you know what? We're both down in Tampa. We both have money. We're not even gay together. We just adopted a kid to save a life, <laughs> to change the world, like Angelina Jolie. Like they just instead, but instead of going to like Africa and picking like you know she went to like Africa and Asia and like picked one of each, they just went into like the ghetto of Tampa and we're like you kind of look like Fred McGriff. Nah, dude, You're with I'm us now. I'm saying that they they had kids recently, newborn kids. So with them being hurt, they have they more went to time a hospital to, to hang out newborn. with their kids. You're taking it left. Dallin Batances and Aaron Hicks may have stolen a child. From Tampa Memorial Hospital. Nah, man. They're, Everyone be on the lookout. They're hanging out Everyone with their newborn the... kids. Congrats, fellas. Aaron Hicks just had a kid so that he could train him to be a caddy for him. That's all it is. <laughs> um, so, listen. Some of these guys are coming back. Some of them are going to be gone for a while. But the important thing is um, I'm trying to be very optimistic because I really don't trust the dates that like are ever laid out, especially by our training staff. But... You know, Stanton being back soon makes sense. That does something else to the lineup. Hicks coming back, that does something to the lineup, especially a switch hitter. Uh, Tulowitzki coming back. Again, like Troy Tulowitzki is not going to be the old Troy Tulowitzki, but him being there takes some pressure off guys like Gleiber, who's now moving around different positions. So I think we're, we've still got some, some great things coming. I, I don't think we can win with the team we have now, continue to win, but I don't think we're going to have to. I'm fine. My uh, my worry percentage is zero. Guys are gonna start coming back. That's when, I mean, the season's gonna get good. This podcast is gonna get more entertaining because week by week we're gonna we're gonna just keep updating in. We're like, okay, this guy is back. Gary's back. He hit blah 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 blah. Now Giancarlo's back, and it's like we're getting stronger. And I said something about like Voltron forming. It's like one by one we're putting this machine together. It's gonna work out. So, 
We're all excited about the Yankees. They're going to win the fucking World Series. They are your 2019 World Series champions. It's been great talking about the week we had. It's such a different week than last week. Uh, the energy is great. So let's keep that positive energy going. Actually, no, let's kill it. Let's talk racism. <laughs> um, if you've been to a Yankee game this year, you may have noticed in the seventh inning that something was missing. And much like my guy from Game of Thrones, Thurmer or something, I can't remember any of their names. Everyone Tyrion? was wondering. Tyrion Lannister? No, no, no. You, you probably don't even know this guy because you stopped watching a couple seasons yeah, ago. Yeah, I, I don't care. Everyone's wondering, is the big, big woman still here? And she was not. Kate Smith has been missing from Yankee Stadium this season. And a couple people noticed. Uh, I've been, my wife's been to two games at the stadium this year, and both times she was like, where's Kate Smith? And I said, yeah, it's opening day, you know, so they just have someone live. Second time, I didn't really have an answer. And uh, it's come out that Kate Smith may or may not be a racist. Well, she's dead, so she's <laughs> definitely dead. She may have been a racist. She might have been so a racist. I don't, I don't know if she's like a racist ghost years right ago, now. 90 years ago. Dude, this, this whole thing blew up. Um, the Yankees kind of did it quietly. Just, you know, removed it. And tweets were going out on Yankees Twitter like, hey, why, why are we not hearing Kate Smith's rendition of God Bless America? And no one was really up in arms about it. No one really cared. But then the Flyers, the Flyers like in the middle of the night, covered her statue and got that shit up out of there. And people were like, wait, what's going on? And this week it blew up because people, I don't know, have the dumbest takes. Uh, Will Kane, Jason Whitlock, any broadcasters that I've seen this week that talked about it. It's, it's kind of like a weird thing to talk about because we're digging up. It's like digging up the dead, but it's also like progressive. And I don't know, it involves racism, but like, I don't know any I'm, me being a black person. I don't give a fuck about this. I don't know any black people coming for Kate Smith. We got real issues to deal with. More black people are concerned about Donald <laughs> Trump than Kate Smith. Like what the fuck is going on? Like there's got to be more important things for us to waste our energy on. But hey, um, I don't know. I never thought that shit was jiggy anyway. I couldn't get jiggy with God bless America. Like. No, it really well, doesn't I mean, do anything. They have to play the song. I mean, that's what they do. Yeah, they but play they the could have like I don't care if the accordion guy is hitting it in the Delta Suite. Well, they I used, don't care if if you they have used a to have Rona Tynan sing it, it from um, Bellmead, New Jersey. Like it doesn't matter. But it's one of those things that like no one really cared, no one really paid attention to, and now there's a, huge a lot of microscope on it now. And now everyone is, is fake mad. Everyone everyone cares. I think a lot of people are mad. Uh, I think a lot of people cared. Because um, it's one of those things that kind of became synonymous with Yankee Stadium post 9-11. And it was Ronan Tynan for a while till, till it turns out that he hates Jews, so he was out. And now Kate Smith, um, to kind of give the full story, she's been known for God Bless America in the seventh inning. They play a recording of it. It really became popular in uh, Philadelphia in the 70s, whenever the Flyers won the Stanley Cup, she had done it, and it started putting them on a hot streak. So they did put a statue of her outside the Spectrum. Uh, when the Spectrum knock was knocked down, uh, they really honored her well, and they put it next to an outdoor bar um, next to some cornhole. Uh, that's literally what it is. Like, yeah. It's literally just next to a bar. Um, but 
it turns out that in the uh, she was very popular in the 30s and 40s, but her 1939 recording of God Bless America has always been played. The f- issue is that in addition to that, she also recorded a song called Pitch Heaven and another song <laughs> called um, uh, And That's Why the Darkies Were Born. <laughs> It's comical, man. I tweeted. I tweeted during the seventh inning stretch on Saturday. I was like, "Well, the Yankees are about to drop picking any heaven." I got a couple likes on that tweet. Like, who cares? It's laughable. In the 1930s, everybody was racist. There were definitely so that that is my thing. Like, yo, she was obviously racist. Like, why would she I mean, not be racist? She's making songs that people wanted to hear. Picking any heaven and why the darkies were born were probably bangers back then. Black people probably hated this song. No. Have you have you listened to them? People were riding in, in their in their little buggies, bumping picking any heaven. Have you listened to them? Nah, man, I can't. I want to listen. That's where, that's where I draw I a line. I've read the article, but I'm not gonna listen to a song about like killing black kids and like. Well, when I heard picking in someone heaven, had when to I pick read the cotton, that's why darkies were born. Whoa, whoa! It's like all right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give yeah, that another I, view on I YouTube. I actually, I didn't do the darkies or born one. I did the picking in heaven. I went and I looked because there's a full music video. Yeah, I didn't watch with, the like, video. I like all nah. young like, w- but when I read, there's a music video with black kids in it. I was like, no, there's not. No, there's not. They didn't have a lot of rights then. But there, no way this happened, and it happened. And it still it exists. Like happened. you can look it up in 2019. This is from the 1930s. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, someone wants it to be out there, right? No one got it removed, and the Yankees erred on the side of sensitivity by removing it. Um, I don't know. So I, I see why the Yankees did it. The Yankees have this year Pride Night coming up. It's their first one, hosted by you. The last. They're, yeah, I'm going to fucking be there with fucking pasties on. I don't give a shit. Dude, when is Pride Night? I'll go to Pride Night in a second. I'll definitely go, too. Kidding I, don't, me? I mean, the, the Nets have been doing Pride Night for years. Like, a lot of teams across the country have been doing it. We're actually late on it. The Yankees are late on it. So The Yankees are the last team to do it, and that's been a thing. So that's why I think they make this decision. So let's say you do um, – you're the Yankees. You get a tweet or an email or something that goes, hey, you play Kate Smith's uh, God Bless America, and she did picking any heaven. She's a huge racist. And you look at it and you go, well, yeah, obviously she's a racist. She was a fat old white lady. Of course she was a racist. They all were. And then you go, huh, do I want to deal with this and say, well, of course she was, or do I want to focus on just trying to win the World Series? So for them to not say anything about it, just do it, and then not until someone directly asked them what happened to say it, I really like, because it shows their focus is on the field, whereas the Flyers, from my understanding, because I don't watch hockey, because MTV The Challenge is a more popular sport than hockey, I uh, think the Flyers go, yeah, well, we're going to remove her statue and all that stuff, because, I don't know, it gives them some positive press while they stink at hockey right now, and they're not in the playoffs, because let me tell you, you go down the South Philly, they're probably still playing picking any heaven right now. I think I heard someone play it like a week ago. They fucking are so racist. Yeah, they, they got that shit as a ringtone. And <laughs> it's fucking, it's hilarious. It's like, why is this even, this is, this should be in the segment story. That's not a story. Like, why are we even talking about this shit? <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I don't it's understand funny to me, why we're dude, talking Cause I look at it like this. It's like, we removed that. And like, I don't know. Have we heard anything from like Kate Smith's family? There's literally yeah. a million people with the last name Smith. 
No, 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 no. Her family is outraged. Okay. Her family is. Uh, so she has her. She niece can't defend herself. Alive. She's been dead for thirty years. She can't defend herself. Yeah. Well, her niece is alive, and she's got a husband. And it's very weird when they're like, whatever. Like I know Kate Smith's dead, and she was a thousand years old. But when they say niece, and then I see like a fifty-year-old fat lady, I'm like niece. Just I think like six-year-old. You know, right. it's just something about niece is small. Um, yeah, and they were said, you know, our Aunt Kate was the. Uh, she was so sweet. She was so nice. She was hired to do those songs. She didn't write them. She just yeah. She had a ghostwriter. She had a racist ass ghostwriter, maybe. Uh, Paul Robeson also uh, recorded, I believe, "Picking in the Heaven," and he was the third African American to uh, go to Rutgers. He's from Princeton. There's a street named after him there. Look at me. I'm fucking Black History Month over here. Um, oh my God. He played in the NFL. Scored two touchdowns. Guy was wild, man. You should look it up. Nah, man, I don't have the time up. for. Like, I'm, I'm not, what do you mean you don't have the time to make? I'm not looking look up, up Paul Robeson. Yeah, I'm, Black History Month was two months ago, and like I'm not. Every looking month this is stuff. Black History Month if you care, Keith, and I care. It's Black History Until life. It, I gotta live it. I walk around with Black History. I'm not looking up this guy from Rutgers. That like no, this stuff is all irrelevant. Story that's not a story. But here's my here's my spin on it. Here's my spin on Kate Smith's ghost. Was definitely boys with all the Yankee ghosts and all the Yankee ghosts in uh, Yankee Stadium put the the IL hex on us. They put the injury bug on us for removing Kate Smith's rendition of God Bless America. They're like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Imagine that's what it was. Like, just <laughs> I'm just picturing old, dead, racist Yankees like Babe Ruth being like, well, they let a bunch of black people play, but you know what? We still got Kate. And they're like, they took Kate, hurt them all. Yeah, like, you know, Kate was a sweetheart. You know what? Fuck the Yankees this year. Maybe listen, maybe they'll bring it back in 2020. We'll give them a healthy squad. Now, listen, we're going to win the World Series without Kate Smith. It's a shame she's going to miss it because she's been dead for forever. But it makes sense for the Yankees to do it. The Yankees need to – you just have to – like, you just don't play the song. It's just a song. Who gives a right. shit? You just play something else because there offer, are more people – yeah, if someone started a campaign that was, like, public, like, if it fucking – you know, whatever it is. Uh, if Black like Twitter, if Black Twitter got a hold of this before the Yankees got a hold of it, that's when it would have been yeah. bad. If if there was an article on uh, BlackSportsOnline.com about the Yankees playing this uh, for ten years, supporting a a racist, and you know they would have blown the story out of proportion, and then the Yankees would have retroactively had to do it, then it wouldn't have looked good. I'm fine yeah. with this move. That or outside the lines, just fucking outside the lines, being like, oh, welcome today on Outside the Lines. Is Brian Cashman the most racist? No, we don't need that. So you get rid of it. The fl- And you know what? They got rid of it, and I think they did it in a way that was really smart. They said, we're investigating it. We're not going to play it until we determine one way or the other. And so they're still leaving it like, oh, well, you know, if she really got hired by and the black people helped write the song, then maybe it'll be okay. But they're never going to do that. They're just going to let it float out there until people stop asking because it'll just be another thing that we care about in this 24-hour news cycle. So Kate Smith, old, fat, white racist, color me shocked. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, rest in peace to Mr. Steinbrenner. Mr. Steinbrenner's probably in his grave like, is this really like we're removing that? That shit does not matter. Win some fucking games. Ban the wave. Yeah. How about that? We remove Kate Smith's uh, rendition of God Bless America. Ban the wave from the stadium. That's one thing we could do without. Oh, jeez. We're, fu- 
listen, if people pay money, they can fucking do the wave. At SeaWorld? You're a band the wave person. At Hurricane what Harbor? They do the wave at SeaWorld? I, that's what I thought the wave originated from, like, like no. SeaWorld. Think about it. It's Come a wave. On. They have, like, Shamu and, like, dolphins, and then they go around the crowd, and they do the wave. Like, that's where I thought that originated from. That's a very, like, 90s move, the wave. The wave. The same wave you that they do in Yankee started? Stadium every Saturday when all the tourists are there is the same wave that I thought came from, like, SeaWorld. Isn't SeaWorld in Orlando? No. <laughs> yeah, I think of this. I don't even know if they have SeaWorlds anymore. I think they were supposed to get rid of all the, uh, the, um, the whales. You're not allowed to keep them, like, hostage anymore. No. The wave was created October 15th, 1981 by Crazy George Henderson, who was the... Um, He's a uh, like super fan. He was like a an athletic super fan, and he started the win. No relation to he Ricky. Got them to... No, no, no. He's an old white guy. He's probably racist too. <laughs> okay, and he he decided that in the Oakland Coliseum they would do the wave around. No, that shit's whack, man. Yeah, he started. Stupid. He got them to to do it. Um, he worked on it at like NHL games. But, yeah, he got it in, in Oakland, California. Um, yeah, it was wild. He, uh, he's just a crazy old man. He also did it at uh, a University of Washington football game. Like, this guy just dedicated his life to starting the We got to phase it out. Uh, it was fine in the 90s because, like, it's like the jock jams. Like, dun 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 Hey, everyone's doing the wave. But now when I see people doing it at Yankee Stadium, I'm literally looking to my left and right. Like, are wait? you done? What does the wave have to do with jock jams? They didn't wave during jock jams. No, listen, you pay a billion dollars to go to Yankee Stadium. It costs so much money to go in there. You want to do the wave? Do the fucking wave. Do whatever you want. The kid, reach over the wall. The kids that come to the game, it's a family thing. Kids love to fucking do the wave. Kids see the wave coming and they're like, Dad, can I stand up? Can I stand on my seat? They're fucking pumped. And you know what? If it keeps your kid off your back, for three goddamn minutes so you can enjoy a, a game that you loved as a child, let them fucking wave. No way, wave dude. Those them. same kids that are doing the wave are the same kids that were getting hit with bats and balls because they weren't paying attention. Watch the game. If poor little Keith McPherson that was growing up uh, in Ocean Township with no money, no way to get to Yankee Stadium, made it to Yankee Stadium, I wouldn't have been doing the wave. I would have been watching balls and strikes get called. I wouldn't have been standing up with my hands in nah. the air like this is SeaWorld or this is 1993. Like, no way. And they do they do the wave around the upper deck. And no, the they outfield. do it everywhere they can do it. And the lower it goes level's on. not doing that, it. All right. So here this is the last thing I'm gonna say about the wave, because this is this is good that we're getting this one out. When does it stop? How many loops do of the wave do we get? Like I think depends if you're trying to set up, a like, world record. Like, on the big screen, it should be like, okay, you guys are doing the wave, two more loops. No, they should do honestly the Yankees should just win the like Guinness world record for the wave. Fuck it. Why not do the wave? You know who cares about the wave? The bleacher creatures. And everyone thinks the Yankee Stadium and thinks bleacher creatures. Like, oh, yeah, it makes a real fan. You know what? Some of the bleacher creatures are real fans. But it all starts with ban the wave with fucking bald Vinny selling shirts and pins and that shit. Yeah, good. And bald Vinny's the biggest fucking fraud bald there Bald Vinny, I'll take a shirt and a pin. Hashtag ban the wave. That shit's whack. Bald Vinny does not give a fuck about you or <laughs> any single fucking baseball fan who does not buy a shirt from him. That's all he gives a fuck. I own, his I own like four or five 
of those shirts. Ball Vinny came through. I didn't pay for them. I didn't buy them. I don't think I would buy a shirt. But Ball Vinny came no, through. No, because they look like <laughs> shitty biker shirts. Yeah, I didn't They're get all those. Like, I got to the look ones like some that, metallic. I got the ones with no skulls on them. No skulls, no wings, no affliction style, no uh no, no graphic tees. Like just give me the one that says like Bleacher Creatures 203. No. Fuck Bald Vinny and his fucking shirts and banning the wave. Listen, <laughs> I don't like the guy. <laughs> I don't me. like <laughs> He just, listen, he doesn't give a fuck about anyone who doesn't buy one of his shirts. That's what it is. I've gone up to the guy. I met him when I was at Barstool. I went up to him and I introduced myself to him. And I said, hey, man, like we're making some videos. I'd love to just like make a video with you in the bleachers doing the, um, you know, while you do roll call. Uh, And he said, nope, you and your readers are all pieces of shit. And I said, what the fuck did I do to you? He said, maybe not you, but your readers are all a piece of shit, so you're probably a piece of shit. And I said, all right, fucko, now I'm going to pass you in Twitter followers. And I did. And then you know what? I reached out again when he didn't sell enough shirts because he has fucking ugly designs, and he just complains all the time about the Yankees giving him cease and desist because he's stealing their IP, and this <laughs> is fucking America. Sure. This is fucking America. You can't just baseball. steal people's shit and fucking sell it and then get mad when they don't want you to just sell it. And so you're like, oh, well, now I'm going to ban the wave. And I went up to him and I said, hey, you know what? Um, I sent him an email and said, hey, man, I saw that you had to get a job because he had to get a real job. And I sent him a nice email and said, maybe you reconsider it. And he just shot me down again. So you know what? I don't think he gives a shit about Yankee fans or the Yankees. He just wanted to be fucking famous for being in the bleachers. And you know what? If you buy a ban the wave shirt from him or you want to ban the wave, I think you're a fucking communist. Hey, man, when you got a nickname like Ball Vinny and you uh, are credited with creating the bleacher creatures and starting. He's not credited with that. No, he's not. He's not credited with that. I know. I know. Keith, I'm worried you don't know anything about the Yankees. Fucking with you. (laughs) I know exactly what to say. That's the other thing. He didn't even create that thing. He didn't create that thing. He didn't. ESPN wanted to do a commercial of the, the, the fucking roll call. And he said, hey. They said, hey, we want to do it. And he said, oh, I got to work. And they said, well, we're ESPN. So we just kind of film when we say we're going to film. And he fucking bitched and moaned about that. He bitched and moaned about when he didn't get a job at Yes, because he is no on-screen fucking anything. So why would they hire him? Fucking do the wave. Every time you do the wave, you're doing it for America. You're doing it for real Yankee fans. Every time you do the wave, guess what? Fucking someone with a name on the back of their jersey cries a little bit. Yo, man, you got to give the guy his late. credit, though. He, 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 he did all the artwork outside of stands by himself. He is a Yankee legend. <laughs> Dude, you can't even say that shit with a straight face. And guess what? Fucking Luke Voice goes fucking deep in the first inning. Yeah, let's go watch let's this go. game, man. Let's go watch this game because you know what? When this game ends, just like Magic Johnson, I'm not going to be there. Keith. What do you got for the people? Um, <laughs> that, that was great. I think this was our best episode. <laughs> I'm fired up. Yeah, that was good. What do I got for the people? Wrap it up. Let's go. Let's, uh, let's, let's take another game from the Angels. Let's continue this West Coast trip. We're going to be all right. Replace for 28. These guys are going to figure it out and get it done. And this is going to be an amazing movie. Wait till we get to full strength again. And one more shout-out. Shout-out to all the young kids that grew up 
like myself, just watching the Yankees on TV, dreaming of going to Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium didn't even seem like a real place to you. You had nobody in your family to take you to the stadium. You had nobody with money with tickets or connections. And then you grow up and you make all the money and tickets and connections yourself. <laughs> you can tell it's late. This is a late night podcast. Good for you, Keith. You picked yourself up by your bootstraps. And I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, I am. Well, you can follow Keith on Twitter, on Instagram, at Keith underscore McPherson. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx on Instagram. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx on Twitter. If you've been following me, you saw my Twitter has been pretty interesting this weekend. New York Post uh, and on the news. New York, New York Post on the news. Follow George's New Box York. at George's Box uh, pod on Instagram and Twitter. We're building that thing. A couple episodes yep. in. Let's subscribe to the podcast. Give it five stars. Write something nice in the comments. And you know what? This team turned it around. DVD is starting to be built. We'll see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.